0: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Carrie. God's going to test your character, your mouth, your morals, and your work ethic, your attitude. And to the degree that we're willing to make the character choices to allow God to dig us deep is to the same degree that he'll build us high. And if you have this big dream inside of you, you may be asking yourself the question, why is God so severe with me? (laughs) Why am I having to go through all this? It's not because God hates you. It's because He loves you. Any good desire that you have didn't come from you. It came from God. If you have the desire to help people, and to, and to lead people to Christ and to do good things in your life. That did not come from you. That came from God. But sometimes it's just a desire. A dream can be just a deep desire that we have. This is Revelation two six. He said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. God only talks to servants. He's not going to argue with you. He's not going to chase you down. He's not going to beg you. When I made Jesus Lord of my life at 19 years old, two weeks later, he called me into the ministry. And when I got saved, I got saved. I didn't buy fire insurance. I didn't walk the aisle to buy fire insurance so I wouldn't go to hell. I gave my entire life to Jesus Christ at 19 years old. And at 19 years old, I told him, I make you Lord of my life. From this point forward, I live for you and I'll never turn back. And that was 37 years ago and I meant business and I've never turned back in 37 years. I made Jesus the Lord of my life. And when I became his servant, when I became his servant, immediately he began to speak to me. And sometimes you might be saying, Jimmy, I'm not hearing. I mean, I, I'm trying to get the dream, but I just, I'm not hearing. I'm just asking this question. I'm not saying and accusing you of anything, but I'm just saying, maybe you're not surrendered. Maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you're still bargaining and you know holding back. God speaks to us when we surrender to him. You surrender your marriage, your family, your finances, your future, your giftings, your time, your influence, you surrender to God. And to the degree that we surrender, he talks to us. Here's another thing about your dream. It doesn't happen immediately or automatically. It requires a journey. There are decisions that we make that cause the dream to happen or cause the dream to be delayed and here are the three common reasons why dreams are delayed. Number 1 is idolatry. And idolatry in our lives just means something takes God's place in a practical way. We focus on it more. It's more important to us. It it motivates us more than God motivates us. And so Abraham and Sarah were around 80 years old and they had not had a child. And it was heartbreaking. Let me tell you Abraham was a In in current terms, he was a billionaire. Phenomenally powerful, wealthy man. Let Let me quantify how powerful and influential Abraham was. His house servants defeated five kings to rescue his nephew Lot. When your house servants can defeat five kings, you are one powerful individual. Abraham was a powerful man, he had no heir. And he complained to God one day and he said if I die, Who am I going to leave all my stuff to? A house servant. I don't even have an heir. And God took Abraham outside one night. And he said, look up the stars of the sky. Because your descendants will be like that. And Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. He looked up and he believed. At 80 years old. Let me tell you something. When you're 80 years old. Trying to have children. The clock is ticking really hard. (laughs) No offense to anybody here in your 80s. God bless you. But. They're 80 years old, and God says you're gonna have a baby. Well, it didn't happen that year, or the next year, or the next year. You know, I'm just saying, you're 80 years old, you're 81, you're 82, you're 83, okay, now we need triplets, quadruplets, you know. If we're gonna get to that, there's gonna have to be some production here real quick. Didn't happen. So one day, Genesis 16 records, Abraham and Sarah had a bright, bright idea. They got so obsessed with making the dream happen and believing that it wasn't gonna happen you know, through Sarah that Sarah said to Abraham, go into with my servant Hagar and have a baby with her. And he did, his name was Ishmael. God delayed the dream for 13 years until Ishmael bar mitzvahed. I know he wasn't Jewish but bar mitzvahed and In the Jewish society, in the Hebrew mind, a boy becomes a man at 13 years old. He's bar mitzvah. So as soon as Ishmael turned 13, Sarah got pregnant. And Isaac was born, the son of the promise. Ishmael, God was not going to accept the product of their doing as being the son of the promise. Because it didn't happen from God. And so when Isaac was born, you can just imagine now they're about 100 years old. I mean, there's been a long time waiting for this child. So now they're around 100 years old and, and Isaac is born. And God comes to Abraham one day and said, sacrifice him. Take your son, your only son, and go to Mount Moriah and lay him down and sacrifice him to me. Imagine for just a minute the significance of that child in Abraham and Sarah's life. And how long that they had waited. And Abraham was an old man. A second chance didn't seem likely. Abraham saddled up his mule and loaded it up with his son. And took him up to Mount Moriah and laid him down. By the way, don't do that. That was the Old Testament. It was just something for Abraham. On days you may be tempted, do not sacrifice your children (laughs) to God as an offering. Abraham took the knife up. And Isaac was laying there. He was coming down and the angel grabbed his arm and said, Now we know that you fear God. See, this boy had become an idol. He became more important than God. We know that because of Ishmael. We also know it because of the test. When God said, Lay him down. See, this is what happens. There, There are all of us, really, when God gives us a dream and a promise, it's so easy for that to begin to consume our lives. A healing, a child, a marriage, a ministry, a business, a breakthrough. Whatever it might be, it begins to consume us. And here's how you know that your dream has become more important than God. Number 1, your relationship with God becomes focused around the promise and making it happen. It's all you talk to God about. It's just it, God is the servant of the promise rather than the promise being the servant of God. And let me say, God is not going to become the servant of the promise. He's bigger than that. Number two, you get mad at God concerning his timing or his methods. I got mad at God. He called me to preach at 19, told me I couldn't go to the seminary. And so I spent nine years waiting in the appliance business. Didn't seem like any progress was going on. And I got mad at God one day. Well, actually what happened was I saw this ad from Oklahoma City, a church in Oklahoma City that had a Bible school. And they said, this is a Bible school, and we train people for ministry, and it's connected with this church. And I thought, well, God won't let me go to seminary, but I can go to Bible school. Now, in the back of my mind, I knew I was sinning. I just want to say that right up front. I, I knew I was kind of on the edge, but so I called that Bible school. And when I called him, I talked to this guy, and I began to tell him, yeah, I was about 25 years old. I so I'm 25 years old. I've been called to ministry. I want to go to ministry. I can't go to seminary, but it sounds like what you're doing is what I need. And he said, you're just the kind of a person we're building this school for. And he said, we want you to come over here, go to our school. And I said, well, I'm very interested. He said, well, I'm going to put all the information in the mail today um, so that you can get it and just fill out the form, send it to us and be a part of our Bible school. I told my dad that I was quitting our business. I said, "Daddy, I'm going to go to Bible school in Oklahoma City." And I made I made all my plans, and and when I hung up the phone and talked to that guy, you know, I kind of had this little thing in my mind that was going, "Well, maybe that's not right." So I laid a fleece before the Lord, and I said, "Lord, if this is not of you, don't let that come in the mail. Don't let that disinformation come in the mail." And I thought, "Well, you know, it's going to come, <laughs> but at least he has a chance to kill the postman or something." You know, I mean, it, <laughs> I'll give him that little chance, kill the postman. So. Didn't come the next day, hey, who cares, you know. Probably takes two days. Didn't come the day after that, and I thought, well, that's a little slow. Probably the truck broke down, you know, on Interstate 40, and they had a little trouble. It'll get here tomorrow. Didn't come the next day. Didn't come the day after that. Didn't come the day after that. Never came. And I sat down one morning, and I had talk with God. And I said, now listen, you kill me. Or you take this thing out of my heart or you fulfill it because I'm miserable and I don't want to live this way. Now, first of all, God doesn't like me be talk to you like that. I wouldn't suggest it, <laughs> especially in thunderstorm season. <laughs> and God just real kindly spoke to me and said, now you wait and you do it my way. Everything was fulfilled exactly the way that God told me. I mean, the promise was fulfilled. It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. It sure didn't happen in the timing I thought that God was going to happen. But at exactly the moment that God had prescribed, he opened that door, but I almost bucked out of the chute. Just like, just like Abraham and Sarah, you, when the promise becomes, consumes you, you kind of take matters into your own hands. Here's another way to know the dream has become more important than God. You try to make it happen yourself without God's approval, just like I did and Abraham and Sarah did. And last is, you won't lay it down. God comes to you and he says, lay it down. Worship me, serve me, follow me. Lay this thing down, just like Abraham. Stop letting this thing consume your life. Stop letting this thing keep you from your relationship with me. You lay that thing down and put it in its right place. And if you won't lay it down, that's how you know that it's really become more important than God. Let me say this, as long as God is first, we progress toward our dream. As soon as the dream overtakes God, Everything stops. And just like in Abraham and Sarah's case, for 13 years the dream was delayed because they took matters into their own hands and were consumed by what God already had in mind for them when they didn't trust his faithfulness. And the second reason why dreams are delayed the first is idolatry, the second is immaturity. When God is going to build something great, he digs it deep. Just like any master builder, God never overbuilds on a foundation. And if you've ever noticed a skyscraper being built, before they build it up, they dig it deep. And this is what God does. See, you can tell what God has in store for your life by how deep he digs you. When he's wanting to do something great with you, your character, he obsesses over your character. Character is the foundation upon which God places all promises. And without good character, something great will destroy you, and you'll destroy it. Joseph was 17 years old. And he got a dream that he was going to rule the world. How many of you know that a 17-year-old is not ready to rule the world? How many of you know they all want to, though? He needed character. So God sent him on a journey to develop his character. And he took him through three stages in 13 years, and all of them had a significant meaning. The number one test, character test, that God sent Joseph through to prepare him was the pit test. Joseph had a big mouth. God gave him two dreams and he blabbed them all over his family and everybody hated him. Your dream is about people and people are precious to God and words are nuclear. Let me say that one more time. Your dream is not about, if your dream is about money or power or something like that and that's all it's about, it's not from God. That's not a God dream. That's a sick dream. Every dream that God will give you is about helping people and about leading people closer to God and reconciling their lives somehow. And people are precious and words are nuclear. Proverbs 18 says, The power of death and life is in our tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death. Many of us are still suffering from words that were spoken to us many years ago. Words are nuclear, but also words give life. We can encourage people. We can help people. We can counsel people. We can bless people. But God will never give you more than your mouth can steward. And Joseph had a big mouth and his brothers threw him into a pit. And it's interesting. And Joseph always made the right decision in his times of testing. And the interesting thing that happened when Joseph was thrown into the pit is he never said a word. He shut his mouth. And from that time forward, Joseph was very, very careful in what he spoke. God will test your mouth. And how you speak will determine in what God can entrust to you, especially who God can entrust to you. He's not going to give you influence over people so you can tear them up. Words are very important. The second test that Joseph went through was the Potiphar's house test. Potiphar was a ruler in Egypt. And Joseph was sold for very few dollars by his brothers. Don't ever let the enemy establish the value of your life. That's the moral of that story. He was in the pit listening to his brothers selling for a few bucks to a caravan. And they took him to Potiphar's house. And he became a slave in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife loved Joseph. He was a young, good-looking man in his sexual prime who had been rejected by his family, was lonely. If there was ever a young man who had a reason, an excuse to sin, it was Joseph. But when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph, he turned her down. And she became angry and sent him to prison. Let me say this now. If your ethics are situational, God cannot use you. If your ethics are absolute, you're the person he's looking for. Many people excuse behavior because I'm hurting, nobody loves me, well she was pretty. Well, you know, I never knew, you know, just we make excuses for doing the wrong thing. Everybody's doing it, you know, and, and all those kinds of things like that. That's not the person that God's looking for. God's looking for a person that says it's wrong. It doesn't matter who's watching. It doesn't matter how bad I'm hurting it. Nothing else matters is I know that's wrong and I'm not going to do it. And if I did do it, it was wrong. And I repent. And in our society, we have situational ethics, floating morals, Values that are situational rather than the absolute moral foundations that our founding fathers gave us. And look what's happening to our society. See, I like this definition of the heart. I like like this definition of heart. What you do in secret when no one's looking. If you ever want to know what your heart is, that's your heart. It's what we do in private. And Joseph said, I don't care who it is, where it is, who's watching, or how bad I'm hurting, I will not justify this sin with you. It didn't look like he was being promoted, but they promoted him and sent him to prison. That was the third test, the prison test. Potiphar's wife lies about Joseph, they send him to prison. He gets to prison and never mopes one day, never spends one minute moping around the prison. Immediately, he begins to serve the warden of the prison. To the degree that the warden turned the prison over to Joseph, this guy's something else now i 'll tell you, never mopes, never complains. I think you know I, I would have been so devastated by that point. I would have sat in the corner of my cell, you know, just whining and moaning I 'd have taken a tin can and put it on the bars and done like this, and <laughs> tried to rally a group to rebel with me, or so i don 't know you know I, I can just see myself in that. Joseph showed up at prison and said, "I can." I can serve you, warden, just let me help. And I'm sure the warden said, sure, I'm sure you want to shovel and work in the garden, you know, dig a hole under the wall. But he began to give Joseph little jobs. Joseph was a servant, he was a worker. And before long, he was over the whole jail and he began to minister to his fellow prisoners. Pretty remarkable guy. And see, a lot of people, they have this dream and they think that just somehow that, you know, there's just going to be this holy glory around them that's going to be recognized and, and from nothing, they're going to become something. No, you'll serve your way to the dreamer. You won't get there and you'll start right where you, you're at. And you might say, I've got some really difficult circumstances. You know, I'm, I'm working in a prison, you know, maybe not the prison, but I'm just where I'm working right now as a bad person in a bad situation. And God says, you serve them. You be the best employee there. You roll up your sleeves and you serve that person. And you clean toilets. You sweep the floors. You be the first person there and the last person to leave. And you serve. Because I promote servants. But I'm not going to recognize anything else. And if you have this big dream inside of you, you may be asking yourself the question, Why is God so severe with me? Why am I having to go through all this? It's not because God hates you, it's because he loves you. For 13 years, Joseph went through a tough deal. But God wasn't punishing the young man. He was preparing him to become ruler of the world. You know, you were created in your mother's womb for a great purpose. You really were. But people may have told you something different. Life may have beat you up a little bit, and sometimes you might get discouraged. But I'm just telling you right now, a great God created you in your mother's womb for a great purpose. I hope you believe that because it's the truth. In this I Am Joseph series, that's the purpose of the series, to let people, you know, Joseph was a beaten down guy that was thrown into a pit and sold for a few bucks by his brothers, but he rose up to fulfill his destiny in God. And that's what I want for you, is regardless of what life has done for you or to you, for you to be able to overcome and to become what God has called you to be. This I Am Joseph series is a four-part series. What you saw in today's program is just a small part of the full resource. And we want to put this into your hands right now for your gift of any amount to support us here at Marriage Day. And we need your financial support. This is a mission across America and around the world. Karen and I, are we're passionate about helping people in their life and in their marriages. For your gift of any amount, we want to put my new book, Ten Steps Toward Christ, into your hands. This is the book I wish somebody would have given me the day I got saved. It will be a blessing to you. Also, for your gift of $30 or more, the four-part series, I Am Joseph, on CD, audio CD, uh, with the book, 10 Steps Toward Christ. For your gift of $50 or more, it's the four-part I Am Joseph DVD series, along with the book. These are great, great resources to encourage you, or maybe somebody that you love. We want to put these into your hands. Here's how you can get them. Experience the life-changing series, I Am Joseph, by Jimmy Evans. As our way of saying thank you, we'll also include Jimmy's book, Ten Steps Toward Christ. For your gift of $30 or more, you'll receive the CD series and book. For your gift of $50 or more, you'll receive the DVD series and book. Inspired by the biblical story of Joseph, this series will show you there is a plan for your life and steps to put it into motion, the significance of the multicolored coat, and how to reach your full potential. Now, when you dream a dream, sometimes it's going to challenge you, maybe even scare you, because it's so big. It's so awesome. It's beyond your ability. Of course it is. You're going to have to partner up with God for it. to happen. For your gift of any amount, we'll send you Jimmy's book, 10 Steps Toward Christ. Discover the great things that can happen when you give yourself permission to dream. A lot of people ask me, they say, Jimmy, what? how do I know what my dream is? How do I know what God has called me to do? And, and let me talk about that for just a minute, because that's, that's very important. You know, when I was growing up, I had such a different, you know, personality and set of giftings. And I'm kind of ADD, so it's hard for me to sit and do something for very long. And I'm, I'm, I'm creative, and I love to speak, and all these things. And I, I used to wonder, how in the world will I ever find a job? I can do, you know, everything that I enjoy doing. Did did you know that when you have God's dream inside of you and you're fulfilling God's dream, it scratches every itch. It's it's perfect for you. One time I was in church and before I became a pastor, I mean I worked in the sound booth in the church. I was in business and I volunteered in our church before I became a pastor. And I was running the sound one day and I was miserable. I mean, I was working in business with my parents. And I loved my parents, but I didn't want to be in business with my parents. I wanted to be in the ministry. And I had this concept of God in my mind that, you know, I may have wanted to do this, but God was going to send me to China or Africa or, or some other place that, you know, in other words, if you're enjoying it too much, there's something wrong with that. And this pastor was speaking that day, and he said this, which set me free. He said, we don't serve a God. Who gives you the desire to go to China and keeps you here. And we don't serve a God that gives you the desire to stay here and send you to China. He says, our God gives you a desire and he fulfills that desire. And that's what I want you to hear me say. It's already in you. And the righteous desires for children, you know, if it, it a lot of people think, well, if my dream isn't to, you know, take over the world and being, you know, a spirit-filled Warren Buffett, that that's not good enough. If your dream is to raise righteous children, that's a big dream, to be a worship leader, to to help poor people, to be a, to be a pastor, to, to help people in business, for your business to resource the kingdom of God. God puts a dream inside of you, and it's just the most natural thing in the world. It's something that you're good at. It's something that you desire to do. One of the ways that you know that your dream is from God and what you're called to do is it's life to you, and it's life to other people. My life is so funny because I love to sit alone with God and just hear God and get messages like the message you heard today. I just love it. It's, it's life to me. Okay. A lot of people couldn't do that, but I absolutely love it. And I love this. I love, I love helping people. I love encouraging people just like this. It's who I am. Karen is just different to me in so many ways, but God made her in her mother's womb, put a dream in her heart. And when she fulfills her dream, it looks different than mine. And we have some things in common. This program is an example. But there are things that she does that are so life-giving to her and the people around her. When you're doing something that God doesn't want you to do, it's death to you and death to the other people around you. But God, God's given you a dream. I hope that this program today encourages you. I, I hope that it encourages you. Like Joseph. Joseph had a lot of tough, tough turns in life. But he had a dream in his heart. And God was faithful to that dream. And I just want you to know God's going to be faithful to you. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. If you have that dream in your heart, you be faithful to God and he'll take you to your promised land. I hope that this program today has been an encouragement to you. And I also hope that you'll, you'll consider standing with Karen and me financially. This, we're a mission that we go across America and around the world with this important message to help people succeed in life and in marriage. And we have monthly partners that support us. And I'm asking you to become a monthly partner. Here's how you can do it. Going through divorce is a lot to ask of children and often results in years of emotional pain. It's a violent ripping apart of their parents and a sense of abandonment. What sometimes we see as a quick way out can mean complete loss for a child. you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. You you were made for marriage. Marriage Today exists to protect children from the pain of divorce and to steer couples away from marital failure by telling them the truth. When you stand with Marriage Today, your individual effort multiplies with other like-minded partners and together we can rebuild the legacy of strong families around the world. Choose your level of partnership today and receive immediate access to the video streaming library become a rock solid partner today thanks for watching follow marriage today for more marriage building tips and resources